Uh, have you guys enjoyed our uh, vision series so far? We only had one of them, but it's been good, right? <clears throat> what was it about last week? Just to see if you guys are paying attention. What was the first one? <coughs> connect to God. All you got to do really is read your brace like I'm making it easy for your wristband. Connect to God and connect to God's family. That's what we talked about, right? Anybody actually, you guys are actually wearing your wristband? Good, good, good. Tonight, on your way out the door, they are passing out new colors of wristbands. So if you're not too fond of the black and red, you know what? You got options. There's yellow and blue or blue with yellow on it, right? And then there's a pink one with white on it. So whatever. So yeah. So you guys get to wear those tonight. But we're, um, the reason we did that is that we're just trying to remind ourselves of the vision that God gave us. And remember, guys, please don't ever think that Hope Chapel has this vision, Hope Chapel has this vision, without remembering that it's Jesus first that had a vision. It's Jesus, it's the cause of Christ that we're all about, right? He had the whole reason he came was to love God, to love other people, for us to do the same, and then for us to go out there in the whole wide world and bring everybody else to the party, right? Get everybody else into the kingdom. So it's for that cause and that vision that we actually have a vision of our own. Our, our basic thing is we're taking the cause, the purpose, the vision of Christ, and we're saying, how does that look like at Hope Chapel Kaniwe Bay? How do we make that happen? And so this is the four things that we're all about, and we're trying to get it on your wrist, and we're going to do a lot of other things to get you to remember that. This is what we live for. This is what we're all about as a church, the cause of Christ as acted out in the vision here. Here's a couple quotes I found this week about vision. Here's this first one by this guy, Warren Bennis. Again, I look for quotes on the internet, and I don't always know who said them. So I'm just letting you know. Some guys are going like, you shouldn't pick that guy or that guy's. A, I, I got to do the research after. I just see the quote, and I think it's really cool. Is that OK? Sure. Sorry, I mean, just that's how it works. Um, here's what the first quote is. Vision animates, inspires, transforms purpose into action. I like that. It's like you have a purpose, the cause of Christ, but vision animates, inspires, and it transforms that purpose into action. Here's another one by Alan Kay. The best way to predict the future is to create it. Isn't that good? is that we don't just go, God, we love you, and we're just going to kind of live and do whatever. But we actually are going, God, we love you, and we serve you, and we want to come up with plans on how to act that out and how to live that out, and we want to carry that through so that it actually happens. Because remember the quote from last week, was it Thomas Edison, I think, said it, right? He said, uh, vision without execution is hallucination. Right? If we just have good ideas, but we don't actually get in there and plan it out and act it out, then we're just living life and we're just kind of wandering aimlessly. And, and God didn't create us to do that. He gave every one of us gifts. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Um, our vision supports his vision and cause. Here's a verse that I found in Habakkuk, of all places. When's the last time you read Habakkuk? Anyone? Come on, Habakkuk. It's a great book. Habakkuk, New King James Version, says this. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Basically, he's saying, come up with the plan, write the words and the vision that I'm giving you so that someone can take it, a messenger, and he can go out there and run with it and, and give it to other people. And that's what we want to do. That's why we got the wristbands and everything is that you would take this vision and you would run with it. You would get out there and you would act on it and you would spread it to other people. That God, all for you, for your glory, for your cause, we're going to take the vision that you've given us and we're going to run with it. Amen? So tonight, we're going to run a little bit more, and we're going to talk about um, a couple more things. Oh, one of the things I forgot to tell you, this is kind of a cool blessing that, that um, is one more reason why we ought to wear our wristbands, is uh, today, some of our, our uh, staff was at Zia's Kanioi. Anybody like Zia's Kanioi? Italian food, pasta, it's good. Um, they were down there eating, and uh, we frequent that place a lot, like our staff and a lot of people from this church. 
And the guy that's the manager down there, my friend Micah, he actually knows us, knows of us, the church, and he goes, man, you guys come in here all the time, and you know what? Hope Chapel is such an amazing church, and you've been such a force in the community for so many years. I've always been trying to figure out a way just to give back to you and to bless you guys and thank you for, for making a mark in this community. And so our, our staff members were like, really? Wow, that's cool. And they said, he said, you know what? If, if there's a way that I can identify Hope Chapel people, um, I would like to give, and, this, and he goes, I know it's not a lot, but for me, I'd like to give 5% off the total bill for any party of anybody that comes from Hope Chapel. And so they're like, wow, that's cool. And he goes, do you guys have a card or something? How will I know if there's Hope Chapel people? And they're just like, bing, right? Well, it just so happens we just pass these out. And so basically, this is so awesome because this is what we are after. We are about the church going into the world, going into the community, making a difference, shining our light, and that people would notice. And this guy, he noticed us. And he said, is there any way I could bless back? And he says, if your people, any of them come in with their wristbands, say they're from Hope Chapel, 5% off the whole entire party, even if some people aren't wearing the wristbands, everybody gets 5% off. And he goes, I know it's not a lot, but it's the least I can do. You guys are an awesome force. And I said, you know what? Just because of that, that's exactly our heart. Our heart is for this church to go in the community, to shine brightly, for people to notice, for us to make a difference, for us also to partner with local businesses and to bless the community because this is our community. And so what I'm saying is, guys, now that you know that Zia's is doing that for us, let's go in there and give them business. Let's use opportunities. He said this, that we'll take reservations as late as 9.30 at night on a Friday, but if we know you're coming, we'll even stay open later. So if you guys get in there before 9.30 or 9.30-ish, He'll leave it open and he'll give everybody 5% off and just as a blessing to say thank you for what we're doing. But I want to make sure that we go, you know, we used to serve food up here in the courtyard. You guys remember that? Like we kind of do snacks now, but really, technically, it's by donation only. It's like we're not allowed to officially charge you money because we are in a commercial kitchen. We aren't legally allowed to just charge money. It's, we can take donations. So we had to cancel that because we're not a commercial kitchen. But then the encouragement is that we as a body of Christ, as a church that loves our community, would instead of sticking around here and buying food from us, that's not, that's not legal anyway, but that we would, we would actually go flood the community with the light and the love of Jesus Christ and that we'd fellowship, that we'd get to know people in church and we'd take them to Zia's or Zippy's or Dairu Noodle Place. That one's a pretty good one. They stay open for us. We've left our mark over there. They love us. Um, Pakele's in Temple Valley. These are all the places that I go sometimes Friday nights after and there's like 40 Hope Chapel people all in there just taking over. And what an amazing opportunity we have to be the church in that world, to be the hope in the world, to go and bring 40 people and all of their hungry stomachs and all of their money to bless that establishment. And then on top of it, guys, this is what I suggest, because we're Christians, tip them heavily. Give them a fat tip. Let them know that Christians are about generosity and love. Amen? Amen. So here's, here's my like little thing that I, I didn't tell. I talked to Micah today on the phone. I just thanked him. I said, thank you, man. Thank you for noticing us. Thank you for blessing us. We're gonna send people there because we wanna partner with the community. But I didn't tell him this. Here's what I'm thinking. What I'm going to do is he's going to give me a 5% discount. I'm going to add 5% extra to the tip just to be generous because I'm getting a deal anyway. I'd be paying the same. But what if I just feed it right as a tip to that waiter or waitress just as a way of saying Christians aren't stingy. Christians are generous. Christians love their community. Is that a good idea? So anyway, I just want us to change the mindset. Let's get generous. Let's be aware and thankful that God has given us favor in our community. And let's get more. Let's bless more. Let's shine Jesus even more. Is that a good thing? Yes. 
One more reason to wear your wristband. 5% off at Zia's. Anyway, let's get into the, the message tonight. Um, the two things that I have for you, the two points three and four in our vision and values is this. This is the things that we're going to all be about as a church, what we believe in, what we intend to do, but it's the life of every Christian. Number three is, look on your wristband, equip to serve. We want to be a church that is all about equipping people to serve God. Not just you come here and you hear something nice, but we are intentionally trying to equip you. The word equip means to grow, right? Is to enable, is to instruct, is to train. And we want to be a church that does that. It's, it's our job. It says in Ephesians 4, 12, talks about the leaders in the church and the gifts that God's given to the church. He says, now these are the gifts, the, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility the church leaders, the movers and shakers in the church's responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. So the responsibility of any good church is to realize that our job is to equip God's people to grow in Christ, to know their giftings, to be aware of who he is and how good he is in our, in our life so that we can do the work that God designed for us so that we can continue to do the, the Great Commission and build up the church, bring more people so we can get busy. It's such a good feeling when you're in a relationship to be able to give back, isn't it? That there's more to a relationship when you get in any relationship, friendships, marriage, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, you're in a relationship with someone it's such a fulfilling feeling when someone's doing something nice for you. That's why you're in a relationship with them. You love them. They love you, all of that. But to be able to give back, you know, to be able to, I mean, think about Christmas that just came around, right? I know a lot of us were strapped for cash and it's hard and you do whatever you can, but to be able to give someone a gift, don't you just feel good about that? Isn't it just like, it's a good feeling to say, I'm going to give back because you're my friend or I love you or whatever. And this is the, the relationship with God is we want to learn to be equipped so that we can give back to God. We can serve him and serve his people. But I believe this. I believe that equipping deals with three things. And, and there's three things in the process of us getting equipped so that we can serve. And um, we taught on this back in May. Some of this is, is reruns for some of you, but I think this is a strong teaching that this is the values of our church. If you're going to write down three things about equipped to serve, write down these three things. Ready? Head, heart, hands. Head, heart, hands. That's three different things that are very important in us getting equipped and growing and learning about Jesus Christ and then being able to give back and to serve God and his people. Um, the reason it starts with this, it starts with head. This is where our Christianity, our faith, the equipping process, it starts in our thinking. It starts in us choosing whether to accept or not the goodness of God and all that he has planned for us. Any step of faith, it starts in the head, right? And the church, our job is to present to you something that you would have to think about in your head and go, do I want to be a part of that? Is God good? Remember I said last week, the church's job is to proclaim who God is. And that as we proclaim it to God's people, that, that you would start to take it in, you start to understand, wow, they're teaching me all of this about God. So it starts in the head because then you've got a decision to make. So if you look at our church, what we're always going to be all about is in everything that we do, in our weekend services, in mini church, in our prayer and healing service, in the alpha class, the foundations class that everyone plays, in the Bible studies, in the events, in the, the men's fraternity, and the sisters' sisterhood or whatever that was, right? The women's sisterhood. Isn't it funny you have the full manly, it's about the beard. And then you have, she is beautiful, da, 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 da. <laughs> That's awesome, though. We have something for guys and something for girls. But in everything that we offer here, Celebrate Recovery, anybody in that one? That's an awesome, life-changing program in itself. All of that, the conferences, the camps, everything that we do, we are here to equip you to 
convince you of the reality and the goodness of God. Our job is to connect you to God. We don't wanna be about doing things that are just so silly and shallow that they don't have a flavor of the Lord in them somehow. We are here intentionally trying to equip you. The goal is basically that you would get equipped and planted in the word of God, because all the things that we do here in the church, they really stem out of God's word. We're not trying to just make up programs that we think are good words to talk to people and to encourage people, but everything has to come back to God's word. It says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says this, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare, and here's a word again, equip, his people to do every good work. See, the whole basis of, first of all, being equipped, the first step is, is I just need to learn about God. I need to learn about who he is. And through all the events that the church puts on, it's to equip me to dig deeper. What we're trying to do, our goal as a church, is we're trying to plant the seed in your life and to begin to water that seed so that you would start to get that relationship with God. Um, one of my friends on Instagram the other day, he's one of my friends from my, my youth group, like, 10, 15 years ago or whatever when I was in California running a youth group. And he's grown up now and he's a tattoo artist and he travels all around and all this stuff. But I always follow his stuff and I check out his designs and everything. And um, it's just cool because he has stuff and he gives glory to God. And um, I saw he commented on his thing one day and he just kind of wrote back to me, hey, so good to hear from you. Thank you. And what he, what he basically said is, thank you for planting the seed in my heart. Thank you for starting me off in my walk with Jesus all of those years ago. And he's still a Christian to this day and all of this. And, and I was their youth pastor for a few years and I moved back to Hawaii. But he goes, thank you for planting that seed in my heart that I would start that process of growing and walking with the Lord and having him in my life all of these 10, 15 years later. And see, that's what the church is called to do. We're called to equip. We're start, we are called to start the process. And we follow through the process, but really, we are trying to start the process that starts in your head to plant the seed of, hmm, I think God is good. Now, here's the second thing. I told you three things, head, heart, hands. Here's the heart stage of the equipping and the growth process. This is where we take it into ourselves. We decided that it's a good idea. Someone planted the seed in our heads, and we're thinking about it, and we're getting to know God. Here comes the connecting part. Here comes the part that really matters. And this is what the sermon is about tonight, this equipping, is that you and I should always be growing and learning and getting closer and building our relationship with Jesus. Amen? Amen. You should never, ever think you've arrived. You should never, ever think, I'm mature enough. I'm good. I know all I need to know about God. I'm just going to go on cruise control and enjoy the fruits of it. There is always more to your relationship with God than where you're at right now. Amen? God always has more for us the more, more you dig. So this is the heart part of it. This is where you now take it from your head and you start going, wait, this is good. I'm going to own this. I'm going to put this into practice. I'm going to try this out in my life. I'm going to get deep into Jesus Christ. Here's the verse I have for you, Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. It says this, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Verse 7 says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. This is the meat of this, this sermon tonight. The meat of this value is that we as Christians and us as a church are gonna always constantly be about digging our roots down into Jesus Christ deeper, building our, our walk and our life on Jesus Christ more and more solid because there's so much benefits. We're gonna overflow with thankfulness. We're gonna have the answers to life's problems. We're gonna be able to share with other people. But it starts with us personally owning in our hearts this relationship we have with Jesus Christ. We must stay rooted in Jesus to keep growing. Amen? Amen. 
I, um, I preached this message in Australia. And apparently when I said we need to stay rooted in Jesus, it means something entirely different in Australia slang. When I said, we got to stay rooted, everybody went, <coughs> and I went, what? what's so funny, right? And I preached my message, and I found out afterwards, I'm like, what, what did I say? Why was everybody laughing at me? Like, oh, mate, getting rooted means something real different in Australian slang. <laughs> and I could pretty much figure out what he meant by that. Like, oh, when you say you're going to get rooted, or you're going to root, and I said, okay, you don't need to tell me anymore. I will never preach this sermon again in Japan. I mean, in Australia, right? You got to be careful, right? There's stuff. But because we're in America, I can say it. We got to stay rooted in Jesus and keep growing. Now, I just ruined it for everybody. Yeah? Next time you read your Bible. But here's what it says. It says, let your roots grow down into Jesus Christ. You know what that means? That means grow in Jesus. Dig in, get into him, live your life in him, build your life upon him. He is our cornerstone. He is our foundation. He is everything. And the more that you keep seeking and growing and building your life on him and in him, life is going to get that much better. And then it's going to enable you to do the, go to the next level and to do more stuff for him and bring more people into the kingdom. So this is to make my point. This is my famous sermon on dun, 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 the redwood trees. Anybody remember this one? This is a good one, isn't it? This to me is the amazing creative flow and essence of God that he would give us such amazing examples, creations that speak to our spiritual growth. And, and we're going to talk about the redwood trees right now. Okay, you guys ready to go National Geographic at church tonight? We're going to get into this thing. Okay, let me read you guys a few facts about the redwood trees. And you guys remember this one. And I, I was like, should I say it again? I only taught it eight months ago, but I started reading it and I started getting excited too. Oh, this is good stuff. God, you're amazing. You created these redwoods. I'm like, I got to share this thing again. So here we go with the redwoods again. How many of you guys never heard this one before? We got some new hands? Okay, good. So it's first time for some of you. Reruns, reruns are cool. Um, but here's, here's some facts about the redwood trees, okay? You didn't know you were going to get into this in church tonight. Here's the deal. Amazing fact about redwood trees, number one, is how long did they live? Redwood trees live between 400 and 2,500 years. One tree can live over 2,500 years. That means it's very possible that you could go and find a redwood, go to the redwood forest, and there's trees that are still living that have been around since Jesus walked the earth. That's crazy to think about. This tree was here when Jesus was walking around, probably not in the same region or whatever, but just to think, man, there's trees that are still alive that live. They, they can grow to 375 feet high, which is actually taller than the Statue of Liberty's torch. One tree taller than the Statue of Liberty's torch. They can be wider around than a greyhound bus. Let me show you some pictures of these guys, okay? Let's take a look. Where's the first one? Okay, check this out. This is a redwood tree, and this is a normal-sized lady. You see her over here? Can everybody see her? That's a normal human being. These are the redwood trees. Okay, now I'm going somewhere with this. You guys got to hold on now. Don't, don't be thinking, what is this? National Geographic Channel, Discovery Channel. No, but there's a reason for this. This is the majesty and the amazing creation of the redwood trees. Um, go to the next one. This just shows how big they are. There's a van that actually is driving through that one. It's in this um, place in Northern California. Uh, there's, it's, there's a huge hole, and that's how big and wide the tree is. You could drive a van through. Go to the next one. These are tree huggers. This shows us how big and wide one tree actually is. And that's not even as big as those other ones that we saw, right? OK, so you got to be kind of a little bit excited about redwood trees already, right? We're excited. This is cool. How does this relate, Carl? Here's some more facts about the redwood trees. The redwoods are found only in the foggy coast of Northern California, 
in the Sierra Nevada mountains and in one remote valley in China, three places where these redwood trees are found. They can grow anywhere, this is interesting, redwoods can grow anywhere, but they need the right fog and moisture and temperature for nourishment so that they can attain their massive growth and their size. Okay, here we just talked about a scripture that, that the Bible told us that we are supposed to be like trees and let our roots grow down into Jesus and to drop nourishment from him and to build our life upon him. So in essence, I'm thinking, how do we compare here? And I look at these redwood trees and the fact that they're so amazing. But here's one thing I learned that when it says they need the fog and the temperature for nourishment, for us to have the best life possible, we need to put our roots into the proper nourishment, which is Jesus Christ, amen? For us to live a healthy, thriving life, we better make sure that we have the proper elements and the climate so that we can continue to grow and that God can bless our life. Um, and if you're not in Christ and you're not rooted in getting equipped in him all the time, then you're not gonna attain the growth and the amazing adventure that life has in store for you that God has for you. I know this because the redwood trees, because if you do it wrong, it's not gonna work. This is how I know this. When I preached this sermon last time, somebody actually by mail order was ordering plants from the mainland. They ordered a redwood tree. They ordered me a little redwood tree sapling, like a little mini one, right? And it, it came with instructions and you can grow it and everything. So I actually went home and I planted it and I was so excited because I'm like, yeah, redwood. So I'm just gonna wait you out. You're gonna grow big and <laughs> 2,000 years from now, you're gonna be awesome, right? And I'm like, this is gonna be a slow growing plant, but I got one of my own, you know, my own redwood. And so it's this literally twig, skinny thing, right? And I plant it, and I read the instructions. I'm like, okay, I'm just watering, like it says to, to water it and take care of it. And then I go on a trip. I went to Australia for like a week or two um, for Hillsong Conference. And I left my kids and uh, my cousins, Chris and Steven, to watch the kids. And they were to be in charge of my redwood tree, right, while I'm gone. Like, don't let anything happen. Don't let any dogs come along. That's not proper nourishment. You know, I don't want that kind of water it with water only, you know, and all this stuff, right? And so they're watering it. But... My, my cousin Stephen had heard my sermon. He's thinking, well, Carl said proper, proper climate is fog and rainy and they need that. So him and the kids decided, we better drown this sucker, right? <laughs> and so they were like, oh, we just kept that thing so wet every day. It was like swimming every single day for like two weeks or whatever. It was literally in a pot of dirt, but it was like water this far above this. It was just literally like just in pure water. And I came back and of course, that was not the proper nourishment. That little guy just died, right? We drowned him out. So he didn't work. But my point is this, and I'm, I'm still mad to this day. I'm a little upset. I, I might need counseling for it. But what I learned is you cannot improperly nourish or treat or feed a tree if you want it to grow. And it's the same thing with these redwood things is if you want them to be as big and amazing and attain all of this perfectness, you got to have the right conditions. It's got to be getting fed all the time. It's got to have the proper nourishment. And for us, as we're looking at, let your roots go down into Jesus Christ. You want your life to work out? You want the best life possible? You want relationships that are broken to get fixed? You want to get rid of addictions that are weighing you down, slowing you up. I heard the brothers over here praying tonight and I heard some guys just going, I'm sick of this life. God, we need you. Amen. That's a nourishment we need in our lives. We need to let those roots grow down into Christ. And if we want to be overcomers and victorious in all matters in life, then we better make sure that we're planted in the right soil, which is Jesus Christ, the word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, all of that that is available. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's go on a little bit further. Here's, let's talk about the amazing ability of the redwoods. The redwoods can overcome any obstacle. Listen to this. If the ground level rises 
from floods, okay? Say floods come along and all the silt gets built up and suddenly the, the soil used to be down here but all this flooding came and everything, now it's way up here and oh no, the tree's gonna start getting smothered or whatever. Said if the ground level rises from floods, new lateral root systems grow so they won't be smothered. Here's an example, is in one case, the ground rose 30 feet over time and they found seven different root systems that were discovered in a tree that was 1,200 years old. In other words, the, the redwood goes, oh no, I'm gonna get smothered, I'm gonna drown. And then we talked about this, right? Transformer, it grows a whole new set of root systems. Those roots down there are gonna get smothered, so what am I gonna do? I'm just gonna grow new root systems. I'm gonna overcome any obstacle, why? Because I know where I'm planted, I know about the nourishment that I'm getting, and I'm gonna stay healthy, I'm gonna keep on growing, amen? Starting to see the parallels in our life. We need to keep growing. We can overcome any obstacle. Here's what it says. If a landslide occurs, they accelerate their growth on the downhill side to prop themselves up. Okay, this is crazy. If, if you got like a slope like this and you got a redwood tree, right, and the ground all falls away on this side and all the roots are exposed and it could tip over, the roots accelerate and they just build a big kickstand. Kickstand and keep themselves standing up. These redwood trees are amazing. Come on, you get excited about these redwood trees. Okay, listen to this. If, um, if fire occurs, right, because we're thinking, well, something's got to be able to wipe them out. Fire will get them, right? Well, check this out. Their bark is up to one foot thick, and when it gets charred, it hardens, and it acts as its own built-in heat shield to guard against forest fires. How cool is that? Like its own body sacrifices, build a shield, and it just keeps on growing in the fire. Okay, listen to this. Landslides can't take it down. Floods can't take it down. Fire can't take it down. The other thing about the redwood trees, they're naturally insect resistant. The smell of them, the sap of them, termites and ants don't even like the taste, so they don't bother. So they're not gonna take, get taken out like by um, termites that we struggle with in Hawaii, right? Here's the other thing is they're resistant to water rot for thousands of years. They've dug up logs that have been lying dormant underwater in lakes and rivers for years and years and years and they cut them open they find that the thing is still alive and it keep on it can keep on uh living and can reproduce there's actually no known disease that can kill a redwood tree so these things just keep going and going and going and here's what i gotta believe here's a spiritual truth about getting equipped is if we stay spiritually equipped and i'm not going to use the term rooted because we just laugh at that one now but if we say growing into Jesus Christ and we say grounded into him and we say keep our foundation built on him, then he is going to help us overcome all kind of obstacles in our life. Amen? Amen. We got to understand here this, this redwood tree can resist fire, can resist water rot, can resist landslides, all this stuff. Well, you know what God is saying? Hey, you keep getting equipped. You make it a main value in your life to stay plugged in, to stay growing and building your relationship on Jesus Christ. Guess what? Relationship problems, you're going to overcome those things. Money problems, the economy, what's coming on that's going to throw its worst at you. You stay with Jesus Christ and you keep on growing right through that situation. God's economy is nothing like the world's economy. At times may be tough and we struggle with some stuff, but you know what? My foundation is on Jesus Christ. He's my cornerstone. And I know that his economy is real different. He says that I will prosper. He'll take care of me. He'll get me through whatever, not what the world and the stock market is telling me. And so if we're grounded and we're, we continue to grow and we're spiritually equipped, sin, temptation, hurt, weariness, anger, depression, finances, all of this stuff, God is gonna see us through. And this is good stuff. So keep building this relationship with Jesus. How do we do that? How do we keep the process going? Well, there's a lot of simple things that we can do that we take in nourishment. Number one, prayer. Communicate with God. Talk to him. Ask him for your needs. God, there's something coming my way. I need you. 
right? Get into the word of God. It provides nourishment for our lives. Read. Don't just come to church to listen to the word of God. Read it on your own. It's supposed to be a personal relationship. We need to get into our Bibles. We need to have Christian friends. These are all the ways. How do I stay equipped? Well, we talked about it the other week. We need to connect with God's family. We need to get into a mini church where we can be a part of people building into our lives and feeding us and nourishing us. What are all the different ways that we can, we can stay? Find mentors. Some of us got good friends, but we need someone that's, that's a little more mature than us down the road a little bit. Let's find people that can speak into our life and to coach us. Get into worship. This is how you get equipped, right? You come into worship and you're not just singing songs. It's not a concert anymore. You come in and you're feeding. You're giving to God and you're feeding on his presence and it's growing you up. It's, it's spiritually maturing you in the things of the Lord. Um, how about this? Listen to sermons at church. Listen to sermons on the radio. I met someone the other night. I, I took my wife out to the play. We went to Wicked, right? And I met someone and, and I met, oh, Wicked, people like it. Um, but I met this, this person for the first time. He said, hi, this is Wendy. And I was like, hey, good to meet you. She's like, I listen to you every day on the radio. I was like, whoa. That's scary. It's a little bit scary, but you know, like I'm like, well, I better watch myself. You know, people are, people know me. That's scary, you know, but I just thought that's good. We all need to be feeding on God, getting ourselves equipped, like listen to podcasts, listen to Christian radio, listen to worship music, make sure church is a priority, get in with the family of God, have a good prayer life, have a good Bible reading plan. You know, on the version Bible, there's all those plans. You can do the life journal, the Robert Rodgers, there's all of those different things. Make sure that you're feeding and you're feeding yourself and you're staying equipped because you can overcome all of those things. Go to the prayer and healing service, tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. Go to Celebrate Recovery if that's you and there's stuff going on in your life. Use the men's fraternity, the women's sisterhood. Get involved, but you gotta stay equipped. Keep building the relationship with Jesus. So it's in your heart and you own it. Here's the third thing I talked about, three things. Head, heart, hands. Here's the third thing. The hands have to do with now that you understand it, now that you own it, and you're starting to practice it in your life, now it's time to give back to God for all that he's doing in your life. Now it's time in any normal relationship to be productive and to say, this is two-way, God. God, you've been blessing me so much in my life. I'm experiencing it. I'm growing my roots into you, and this is so good. It's time to obey God when God says, you know what? You know how you show me love? Action speaks louder than words. Give back by blessing my people, by blessing me, by serving one another. Here's, um, here's a verse I got for it in Jeremiah 17, verse eight, seven and eight. Actually, it says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. They are like trees, again, here we go to trees. They're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they go right on producing delicious fruit. Scripture is telling us this. If we are healthy, then we should be productive. If we are healthy trees growing in Jesus Christ, then there should be something of benefit coming back, we ought to be giving back by giving fruit, by being fruitful in our lives, by serving other people, by turning it into action. Remember, it starts in the head, it gets into your heart, you own it, but now it comes out in your hands and it's time, it's time to give back, it's time to bless people because they go right on producing delicious fruit all through the drought, all through this, we're supposed to stay fruitful. And here's the thing, in any true loving relationship, you don't feel obligation to serve the other person. You do it because of the love that's there. Amen? When you really realize and own the fact that God loves you and he's been blessing your life as you begin to grow up in him and equip yourself in him, you can't help but want to give back to him and to serve him and to serve other people. 
Otherwise, if you feel like it's an obligation, you feel like it's something like, oh, why is God making me do this? Then I would say, you better check your relationship with God. Because if you love this God that loves you so much, nothing's gonna stop you from serving other people and giving back to him because you love him. He gave you life. He gave you eternal life. He's moving in your life as you're digging into him. You cannot help but be fruitful. You cannot help but do something to serve people and to get busy in this world because God loves you. And if it's an obligation, something's wrong with your, with your relationship. Something you need to go in back there and check your heart. But it's a natural response. And if someone loves me and they're nice to me, you can't hold me back. I'm not just going to go, yeah, you better. You better be like, right? I'm going to go, man, what, what can I do for them? How can, how can I give back to this situation? And to prove my point, let's go back to our friends, the Redwoods. The Redwoods talks about um, no matter what happens, they continue to bear fruit. They continue to keep growing and reproducing and being productive. The Redwoods, if they get knocked over because they're so healthy, no matter what, their branches, if a Redwood tree falls over, their branches will keep growing, will keep growing up and they'll start new trees. Show, Show the picture of picture number four. Check this one out. Even if a tree falls over, see that one flat? Look at the trees that have come out of that fallen tree. One, two, three, and we don't know. At least three trees, the branches grew, and they said, oh, no, we tipped over. It doesn't matter. We're healthy. We can't help but produce fruit and keep on growing. So one tree gets knocked over, but three more trees come sprouting up. Isn't that cool? See, here's a picture of the life that says, I love God no matter what. No matter what comes along, I cannot help but keep serving and loving other people because God is so good in my life. Even in a hard time, hard situation, I'm going to keep on continuing to serve him. That's amazing. When the redwood tree gets cut down, because that's a way you can actually take it down. When a redwood tree gets cut or the fire is so intense that it actually does get burned down, check this out. The roots are able to reproduce new trees. As long as the roots are deep and getting nourishment, the whole tree could be cut down. And it says the roots will grow new trees in a perfect circle around the old stump. Show this picture. This one blows my mind. Look at that, a circle of trees. You know why? Because the tree that was in the middle got chopped down, but the tree said, you know what? My roots are still strong. You're not stopping me. And it grew, and the roots grew, and continued to grow a circle of trees. It keeps on producing fruit. See, this is the thing in our lives that we got to understand. If you got it in your head and in your heart, and you're living it, and you love God, and you know you're staying equipped all the time, nothing is going to stop you from touching this world, from serving other people, from blessing your God that loves you so much. And this is what we want to be. It says this also about the redwood trees. They grow these things on the sides of them that look like big warts. You ever seen those things on the tree? They're called burls. You guys ever heard of that? These big burls. There's a, I think we got a picture of one. Show the burl. Next one. See that big ugly thing? It looks like a big zit or something on the side of a tree. It's it looks like a boil, not a burl, but it's a burl. And they just hang out there, and they don't really do anything. They're just ugly, and they're just knobs, and they're on the tree. But it says this. The burls on the tree don't grow due to a chemical in the tree that keeps them stunted, and they just sit there. They're like, like ingrown branches, like an ingrown hair or something, right? They're just there. They don't grow due to the chemicals in the tree. But check this out. If a tree dies or is stressed by like a fire or whatever it is, if it's stressed, the chemicals in the burl and in the tree change and the burl sprouts new life and can grow another tree. That, how crazy is that, right? That they just sit there and they're like, yeah, I'm nothing. I'm just hanging out. I'm ugly. You know, I'm just here. And then if the tree dies or falls over, they just go and like spring into life. And you know what this is saying is that you can't keep a redwood down. You cannot keep a redwood tree down. But if you are a healthy Christian, nothing can keep you down. 
Nothing can stop you from reproducing new life and blessing other people and serving people and being productive for Jesus Christ. And this is, this is what we're talking about right here. And the thing is that I look at this and I think, you know what, sometimes in our lives, there is a season of pruning and it's necessary. You wouldn't have a circle of 10 or 15 trees if you just had that one tree that kept growing as it was. But sometimes when that suffering and that hardship and that chopping down of your life comes along, you know what that was? That was just a massive pruning because you're about to experience new growth in your life that's gonna be way better than where you were before. Amen? Amen. And that's not a fun one to amen to. That's not a fun one to agree with because sometimes when you're feeling chopped down, you're just feeling chopped down. But you know what Jesus says? Hey, you keep those roots deep though. And sometimes on the surface, you look like you're chopped down, but those roots are deep and watch what's gonna happen. New life is gonna come in that relationship. New life is gonna come out of that job. New life is gonna come out of that class that you're failing and you hate and you just thought, oh God, over it. God's gonna do something in you sometimes and he has to take you through those times of pruning. Is that okay? That's the way God works, but he brings new life out of that stuff. And so we gotta be ready to embrace it and accept it and know that I'm constantly being equipped. My roots are deep, so I'm gonna come through this thing and new life is gonna happen. But here comes the, the thing that we talked about, this equipping, why it's so important that we are equipped to serve because our faith is proven through our action. Our love is proven through our action. Here's a verse in Isaiah 58, six and seven. When, when the Pharisees and the holy people we're trying to say, God, we worship you, we love you, we, we fasted for you, and we pray for you, and we do this. But they were kind of hypocrites. They were doing the religious stuff, but they weren't really loving God and loving the people. They were just kind of only doing the religious stuff. And here's what God basically says to them through the prophet Isaiah. He says, no, you know what? That fasting, I see what you're doing. It's real religious. Here's the fasting that I want. He says this in verse six. I want, no, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry, give shelter to the homeless, give clothes to those who need them, and do not hide from relatives who need your help. You know what basically God is saying? The way that you worship me is by serving other people and by loving other people. The way that you show your love to me is you put it into action. We are being equipped, this church is well to equip people. You're well to equip yourself, grow in the Lord, read your word, go to mini church, get strengthened, make the roots grow deep, but it's for a reason to say, it's not just all about me building myself up. If I love God, I'm taking in all of this and I'm giving it back out there to the world. I'm giving it back out there and I'm loving God by loving his people, by loving the lost and by serving him. That it requires action. Fasting is cool, prayer is cool, but you know what God wants? Go love people, go love people. And here's all the practical stuff he says. Someone's hungry, feed them. They're real simple, right? The Bible, we always make it like it's all holy and religious and he's really just going, you know what? Just give people who are hungry, give them some food. Someone doesn't have a place to stay, just hook them up. Someone needs a ride, give them a ride. You know, someone is going through something and they just need to cry and vent at you, just be the guy. Here's my shoulder, go get them, right? Because I love you. You need that in your life, I'm gonna be that person right now. Because I gotta tell you, I've been so thankful for the people in my life that have big shoulders for me to cry on the times when I've been going through stuff. That's Jesus. That's someone being Jesus to me, is saying, I love my God, and I love his people, so Carl, whatever it takes, I'm here to bless you. This is what God is calling us to. Um, we wanna press in and we wanna get deeper with the Lord. Again, there's a whole sermon I have. Deeper means doing. Deeper doesn't mean just theological, intellectual talk and prayer and religion. It deeper actually means doing something. Let's serve God. Like in any relationship, you gotta give back. It's a two-way thing. I was writing down notes about this and I thought in my marriage, my wife 
encourages me, she speaks to me, she cooks for me, she does all this stuff, she takes care of the kids, she blesses me in all of these ways, right? She does all of this, but I can't just sit there and go, yeah, that's cool. I gotta like be on my game and say, I love you too, how can I give back to you? So I'm trying, I'm constantly trying to better myself because I'm not a perfect husband, right? Tom said, Tom Tom said in one of his sermons, he is the dishwasher of the family. I'm not, and I'm trying to be better. I literally am. So I, cause, you know why? Because I love her and I see that she does a lot for me, so how do I get better? So I do the stuff that she wants. We text all day long. I learn to be a more vocal person on the phone. I'm not the best. That's always been a weakness, right? From when we were dating, she would call me and I would just be playing video games. Yeah, uh-huh, what, yeah, right? I'm learning to talk. Um, we go on date nights and stuff like that. Um, I let her get a dog, you know, although that's not such a blessing anymore. We don't, we don't know where we stand with him right now. Like, me and Richter are not talking, but... I try to do stuff because she blesses my life, so I'm trying to bless her back because I believe that it requires action. I take her on date nights, we go shopping, I do you know, all of this stuff. I, I let her pop the pimples on my back, you know. Ah, you know. <laughs> right, husbands and wives, you know, you're, you're brushing your teeth, just got out of the shower, and then I'm like, what are you doing, what are you doing? Ah, ah, and she's like, I had to get that one, it's so ugly, I'm like. But you know what, I love her, so I let her, go get them, get them, ah. I'm laying down at night and the tweezers come out, just plucking my eyebrows. <laughs> but you know why we do this, guys? <laughs> because we love our wives, and wives, you love your husbands, and it's a mutual relationship. You guys get where I'm going with this? We get equipped and grow in the Lord and receive all of his blessings so that we can serve him and love him and serve other people. We are expected to bear fruit. It says in 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. We are expected, if we are in a healthy relationship with God, for it to come out and be manifest and be proven by serving the people around us. Amen? We serve our God by loving his kids, his other kids. We serve our God by loving his other kids. Every member is a minister. That means what do you do? What are you good at? What are you trained for? Serve God with that. It doesn't mean that you, well, I gotta be a pastor, I gotta be a missionary. No, what do you do for a living? Where do you go to school? Who are your friendships or what's your personality? Use whatever you got to serve God. That is ministry. That is giving back to God, whatever, whatever it is that you have. School, work, family, all of that can be your ministry. You know what? The problem is there's a lot of Christians that they go to work, but work's not their ministry. They have a family, but the family isn't part of their ministry. They, they go to school, school's not the ministry. But what God is trying to say here is if you're really a healthy tree, you can't help but produce fruit. You gotta see every day when you go to school, there's an opportunity for ministry, for serving God, for loving God by serving people by being the very best student that you can be, by sharing about Jesus Christ with other people, by going to work and seeing your work, that's my ministry. It's not a drudgery of going there. There's my chance to serve God in every way. I'm gonna go to work and I'm gonna specifically see it as my ministry. Pray for people, pray over other people's desks, share the Lord, put your Hope Chapel wristband and your mugs and everything right there, invite people to church. Just be there, pray for people. You can see it as your ministry. It's all supposed to be our ministry. It should be a normal response to the love that God is showing us. A great starting place, you know, a great starting place to start going, how do I get involved and serve God? You know what, you're sitting in a really good starting place. Our church is intentional at being run by volunteers. Volunteers like you and me that just step up and go, how do I serve God? And we're quick to try to find, you can be an usher, 
You can be a greeter. You can serve on one of the ministry teams. You can help us in the, the parking. You can help us coming into the office help. We are looking, we're, we are intentionally trying to provide opportunities for people to go, I want to start serving God and giving back. How can I get involved? In fact, there's a card in the seat back in front of you this week that's called the volunteer card. And all you got to do is take that out and just let someone know, you know what? I need to get involved in serving God a little bit more. And I don't know where to start. Well, guess what? The church can totally start you off. There's a whole bunch of stuff. You give that to us. You take it outside to the table that's out there afterwards, and people will call you. They'll work with you. They'll put you to work. This whole church is run off of people that say, I'm here to serve God. That we have thousands of volunteers in this church, literally, and it's only run by a staff of about 20-something paid people. Everybody else is going, I'm just here because I'm serving God. I understand that, that that's what God expects of me. So if you want to get involved, take that card out, turn it in, and we can make that happen. Um, I'm not getting to the second point, if you guys haven't noticed tonight. <laughs> but you're going to hear about that next week, because next week's sermon is about hope in the world, and it's about us being empowered to go win the world to Jesus Christ. But the thing I want to leave you with tonight, guys, is understand that we need to always be getting ourselves equipped. We need to be always building our life and our relationship with Jesus Christ that much stronger. Amen. Why? Because there's blessings that flow from that. We're going to be overflowing flowing in thankfulness, but it should also motivate us to serve so that we can joyfully make a difference in this world and bring people into God's kingdom. Amen? Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. So you guys are going to get wristbands as you go out the door tonight to wear proudly, get 5% off at Zippy, Zia's. Not Zippy, sorry. I don't, don't do that to them. Like, hey, where's my discount? They're like, yeah, how's this? You know, like, anyway. <laughs> Um, but let's go bless our community tonight and let's, um, let's be a blessing out there and let's just dig in and, and just put those roots down deep into Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for all the good that you do in our lives. We thank you that we have the opportunity, the privilege, the ability to grow in you every single day and that, Lord, as Christians, if we really sit back and think about it, our life should get better every single day. It should not be getting worse, but the closer we get to you, Lord, the, what you've given us through the power of your Holy Spirit the life-changing wisdom of your word, Father God, that instructs us, that, that blesses our lives. Lord, we should be getting stronger and bigger and taller like those redwood trees. Lord, and when the hardships come, Lord, that's nothing more than an opportunity for new growth in our life. And if we really see things from your perspective, God, we want to press in and dig deeper every single day with you in our word, in fellowship, in mini church, and going to church and prayer and all of those ways, Father God, we want to be growing stronger and closer to you. Lord, so that the outcome is that we're, we're happy and joyful servants, that we're changing this world, we're leaving a mark, we're making a difference, and we can't help it. We can't help but bear fruit because you're causing us to be such healthy Christians. God, we love you, and we thank you for tonight. Help us to go out there and to stay equipped. And